Hi, my name is Nick Thompson and I run holisticvet.co.uk. We're based near Bath in England. I'm Dr. Brendan Clark. I'm based at Towerwood Vets in West Yorkshire. And my name's Dr. Conor Brady, the non-vet of the gang from dogsbirth.ie. And together we are Raw Pet Medics. <laughs> Good evening, good evening, good I'm evening. The, I'm in the middle. I'm in the middle today. I like this. Am I in the middle for both of you guys or is it just yeah, my Yeah, no, screen? no, you yeah. are for me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's the man Power. in the middle. Excellent. Here we go. Welcome all. Um, I always get a bit nervous at the first 20 seconds for people that don't watch us on our screen. It mightn't happen on Facebook, Brian, but you know the way we can see the people dropping in on the right-hand yep. side? Uh, I'm always a little bit anxious at the first 20 seconds and I'm, oh, there we go, Tor Hoops and Janet Nixon, good stuff. Oh, Janet Nixon is always the first out of the traps. Yeah. Lovely, good stuff. <laughs> Rachel's Thanks for joining always, us, guys. Rachel's always very quick on the mark. She's third she today, she's a bronze medal for Absolutely. her, but a medal nonetheless. Lovely. Yeah, okay. she, loves a, she loves a freebie, Rachel Mack. She just yeah. loves a freebie, so she loves these shows. <laughs> <doesn't> she? <Yeah. laughs> She'd be delighted I said that. <laughs> You are and in Bianca, so much trouble. If if, if the gold, uh, silver, or bronze medalist uh, fail on the dope test, you are getting a medal. So uh, this yeah. is all good. This yeah. is all good. It's so hang in there, Janet Nixon, Bianca there. Christensen. Yeah. You're all good. Yeah. You are oh. all in good shape, guys. We are we are raw pet medics. Uh, thanks for joining us tonight. Um, you are going to find us over on Patreon.com forward slash raw pet medics. Every little bit helps. And if you can afford the price of a cup of tea or coffee that keeps us going here, we deeply appreciate it. And if you can't, not to worry at all. Tonight, we're going to be talking about Addison's and Cushing's and other such adrenal issues and whatnot, I'm sure. And it was a learning curve for me as I tried to prepare for today. And I now I realize this is very much a veterinary matter. So I know I'm going to be sitting at the back of the bus for this one and listening patiently. I've lined up my questions, though. You'd be glad to hear. So what is so what is give give us one of them, Bren. What is uh what, let's start with Addison's. Like, let's start with Addison's. <laughs> what, 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 yeah, exactly. Yeah, let's do alphabetically. Diseases by alphabet. Uh, what is what is Addison's? Give me the uh, elevator pitch for Addison's. What what are we talking? Okay, so Addison's is often seen as a waxing and waning disease, as many autoimmune diseases are, um, and that means it can be quite difficult to diagnose, but it is quite critical in the sense that the normal signs are gastric upset. So usually vomiting and diarrhea and collapse. Okay. And hang on, hang that, on, Brent. What is it? What actually is? So it is a an inadequacy of your steroid production from your adrenal glands. Okay. And that's the okay. thing. So the adrenal glands produce natural body steroids, both corticosteroids and also the mineralocorticosteroids, which are the ones which will um, maintain your normal electrolyte balance. Okay, And that's the critical bit, because we often see in Addison's, the vomiting and the diarrhea, but also the collapse are very often related to an excess of potassium, a reduction in the uh, sodium, and therefore, you will get a reduction in heart. So the heart will slow dramatically. OK, uh, you'll get Ooh. some irregularities in uh, the normal electrical activity of the heart. And that can be really critical, but you'll get a lot of dehydration. Um, and obviously, that can lead, if undetected, to really severe cases. One of the old tests, I used to work with a guy who used to say, look, 
but it's coming collapsed, um, you know, and you're you're hearing a really slow heart rate, just give it a shot of Dex. It's not going to do any harm. Just see whether it gets it right. And usually within 20 minutes, they are up on their feet. Um, What's Dex? That's dexamethasone. That's the type of... Okay, yeah, because I heard cortisone. Treat them with cortisone. So what you're saying is treat them with the thing you think may be missing. And if they if they respond really well, it's kind of like, you think this is EPI? Well, pop digestive enzymes in the food. And if your dog does significantly better after the digestive enzymes, as I just had last week, I mean, it's like 24 hours later, this dog's doing a better poo. 48 hours later, oh my God. It's, of course it was EPI. So. so that's interesting. So you add in the thing that was missing. Um, and so your vet obviously would do that. We don't want people, well, where else are you going no, to get please them? don't. <laughs> so now that's, that's fine in the acute, you know, but usually you're going to look at electrolytes, okay, to, to look at that ratio between sodium and potassium. If it drops below 27, um, you know, 27 parts uh, sodium to one part potassium, then you know that actually that's pretty likely to be Addison's. You can get atypical Addison's where they actually don't get that electrolyte change, but they still have all of the other symptoms. But that's okay. um, what we call atypical. They still will respond to corticosteroids. Okay, that sounds good. Nick, what about the, what about the other fellow? If Addison's on one side okay. of the fence, what's Cushing's? Cushing's. Okay, so I'm just going to give you the, the Peter and Jane. I like the Peter and Jane approach to these things because if you get, like I say to everybody, can't read Peter and Jane you can't read Tolstoy. Okay, so let's go with Peter and Jane. So your adrenal glands are all about producing uh, hormones. They produce two types of hormones. One is a called cortisol, which we know as cortisone. Okay, the other one, which is to do with uh, uh, maintaining sugar, and it runs along with adrenaline. If you get a really terrible shock, then you will get a peak of adrenaline, which allows you to run away from the saber-toothed tiger. But then you'll get a, a peak of cortisol, which will then gradually disappear. But the cortisol is there to help you with any injuries and with um, you know, reducing any inflammation from the battle or the saber-toothed tiger or wherever it might be. Okay, So very, very clever stuff. That's what the cortisone is all about. Your mineralocorticoids, on the other hand, from the, the, uh, the adrenals as well, they are much more subtle and they are, as Ben was saying, they're to do with balancing your sodium and potassium, your mineral, um, your mineral balance. Okay, so cortisone is to do with your um, um, sugar and inflammatory response and what have you. But within the same gland, Mother Nature is very, very likes to do things as, as simply as possible. So that's what they do. And so if things go wrong with the adrenals, it's usually either the cortisone, uh, it, there's, there's, there's either too little or too much cortisone. And what we find is that if there's too little cortisone, this is Addison's, you'll often see the problem with not enough mineral corticoids. And so you have to help with that side. You can't just give steroid. You uh, sometimes have to help with the balance of the mineral corticoids. I'm not sure if that helped or hindered. Hopefully, that's it. Basically, if you want to say, so Cushing's disease is too much cortisone, and Addison's is the opposite, too little cortisone. That's a really good place to start with thinking about this stuff. Addison's, okay. too little. I'll keep that and one Cushing's, in my head. So, too much. So three yeah. types of Cushing's. Okay, you've got 
One, which is because the pituitary hormones are going wrong, okay, which is in the brain. Two is that you've got a lump on your adrenal gland, so it's producing corticosteroids because of the lump on the adrenal gland. And the last one is if your uh, dog has been given corticosteroids and it's yeah. constantly being given them at too high a rate because that's the only way to suppress their skin problem, uh, for example, uh. or they're on immune uh, modulation you know, to try and suppress an autoimmune disease, mm. um, and they're on high levels of corticosteroid, and we call that iatrogenic. So that is effectively, we have caused uh. it to happen to your dog. Okay. okay. And so can we come back to the skin conditions? Let's say a vet is using... Um, 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 non-steroidal anti-inflammatories, would that have the same effect? Uh, the clue in the name are non-steroidal. Would they have the same effect? It wouldn't. Non-steroidals tend to affect the gut. If you uh, ulcers, if they're going to cause a, a problem at all, they tend to be quite safe these days, and that's even kind of Mr. Holistic saying that. But if they're going to have effects, it'll be perhaps liver and kidney. They'll change your liver and kidney parameters. But what they, what, what, and I find Metacam, I see a lot of dogs who can't tolerate Metacam. As soon as they have Metacam, they get vomiting, diarrhea, and really quite quite dramatic results. So with non-steroidals, we get other. We get kind of reaction to the toxicity or, 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 or problems with the with the drug itself. With with steroids, though, steroids are fantastic things. If you give them at low level, they will just abolish many, many, many itchy diseases. They won't cure it because as soon as you remove the steroid, you're back to square one and you're, you're itching as before. And there are side effects with, 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 with fatty liver, putting on weight, losing hair and what have you. But if you give too much steroid for too long, you will get this uh, iatrogenic. Iatros from uh, Greek or doctor. It's basically a doctor-induced disease. Anybody yeah. here, anybody really, if they just give too much steroid to their dog, they will just create Cushing's disease. That's another good way to remember it is if you just get, if you give too many of these pills for too long, you will reduce Cushing's disease and with Cushing's disease you'll see a you'll see a, a pot belly you'll see perhaps um uh you'll see uh, uh, alopecia um balding yeah, yeah it's kind of symmetrical so there's the man with the that? hairy back obviously so the man with the hairy, into his... yeah, I got a hairy back so you'll get symmetric alopecia you'll get an increased thirst you'll get an increased appetite and uh you can get this thing calcinosis cutis where it looks like somebody's slipped areas of of of, of rocky gritty material under the skin which is yeah. quite bizarre Oh, and weird. and so that so if it, it, it's a relatively easy diagnosis in many many ways you take your dog to the vet they'll do uh, blood tests for pushings they which is too much steroid they will do they will do tests for Addison's which is too little different tests but there are some related um I think it's quite confusing to, though isn't it at that point because there's mm. there's um probably four to five tests out there for Cushing's at the moment. Um, and so the the blood tests that we were all brought up in uni on for me was ACTH, which is the um, stimulating hormone from the pituitary that we stimulate the response and look at baseline cortisol where it's stimulated to. Yeah. Um, and that's the sort of overriding one that will determine if they're Addisonian or if they're Cushingoid or you know one of those things. 
but it's it's not that specific for whether it's the adrenal or the pituitary gland. And so there are then low dose dexamethasone tests and high dose dexamethasone tests, again, which will differentiate further um, for Cushing's. So low dose is much more accurate at working out whether it's Cushing's or not. And the high dose is really differentiating the adrenal versus the pituitary uh, source of that Cushing's. Okay. Yeah, just before we go past this, uh, can we have the top five uh, symptoms of Addison's versus the top five symptoms of Cushing's? I think we've gone through Cushing's there. Nick's kind of gone through that. What are the top five uh, things people should be looking out for um, with Addison's? So top five things, low heart rate, collapse, vomiting, diarrhea, and pale mucous membrane. Ah, okay. However, vomiting and diarrhea... And there's a thousand things that will cause vomiting and diarrhea. But, yeah, so with the collapsing dog, because you need steroid to cope with stress, yeah, like saber-toothed tigers, if you haven't got enough steroid and you go into a stressful event, that's why you collapse. However, so if every time you, I don't know, you go to town, your dog collapses, then you might think, oh, that's strange. Dog gets a bit stressed and suddenly it collapses. Now, your vet is immediately going to think heart disease and all sorts of things, but Addison's is way up there. Because if your dog is collapsing because of stress, if your dog gets stressed because the dog next door barks, your dog gets a bit stressed, you, can, you, you then collapse. It's very difficult because your dog seems to be collapsing all the time and you may not have put two and two together. So collapsing dog... There is a list that your vet will go through in their head, which will involve um, uh, heart disease, a lot of neurological disease, epilepsy, and also Addison's, for which they can do a blood test, and, and, and that will help them with that diagnosis. So just, just be aware that many of the, so all the symptoms that Bren has said are really common to just normal life. Yeah, having pale mucous membranes. Yeah, you may be a bit shocky. You may, there may be lots of different reasons. But if you have some of these together and you take a blood and you go, oh, look, the, the sodium-potassium ratio is way out of whack, then you're on the way to diagnosing uh, Addison's yeah. disease. It sounds, uh, it sounds tricky because a lot of the symptoms are so similar. It's yes. really when you get into the blood work. There's a vet here who's all about um, Addison's. And um, she was saying, look, essentially, if her symptoms are worse after a stressful period, that's the biggest red flag. Uh, and so that might be helpful for people, as you just said there already. Um, so she, and also she said, look, a little bit of cortisone, if that really helps the dog, uh, it's a really important clue and it points you the right way. And then she said in the bloods, as you've already mentioned again, uh, reduced red blood cells, which is what you were talking about with the anemia in the in the gums there, guys, was it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, increases in two kinds of white blood cells. This is all veterinary stuff. It's less for us non-vets to be thinking about, but just in case people listen, in the yosem fills and lymphocytes sites would be increased. Um, and then uh, other things would be out of whack, potassium, uh, uh, sodium going down and that kind of stuff. So there is checks. So if, if you're not quite sure what it is and you can't quite get that good issue right, because you can imagine... If you've got an excess production of cortisone, so now I'm thinking of Cushing's, isn't it? Is Cushing's is the excess, isn't That's it? Right. And yeah, so if you've got excess of cortisol coming going through your body, can you imagine what effect that's going to have in your gut? Because when people, you get a good shock, you know, you clutch your gut, you don't you? Everyone wants to jump into fight or flight stance when they, somebody gives them a scare, but you don't you clutch your gut. That's the effect of all that stuff, adrenaline and cortisol squishing your guts. 
no time for digesting. So is that why the poos are bad? Is because it just plays havoc with the guts to have that stuff coursing through you without control? Is that, so, is that the so gut it's generally impact? the cortisol. So for me, it's the, the imbalance with your normal insulin levels, your fat deposition will go up. Your, so actually for the Cushing's disease and the excess of cortisol, I think there's so many other little things. So they might become diabetic. Sometimes some people will see that excess thirst as the first thing and there's a bit of a liver driver there but there's also uh, issues with um, they can become diabetic because it effectively makes them insulin resistant um, and therefore their, their fat deposition is massively up so they get a hot belly um, their thirst goes through the roof uh, they may have glucose in their urine and that people will think they're diabetic, but actually there's other diseases that can be causing that. So Cushing's becomes one of the differentials there. I didn't mention actually the fourth test, which is actually now readily available, uh, which is the urine cortisol creatinine ratio. And so literally, if you do a urine test, if you don't want to do bloods and you sort of just want to submit urine first, Ooh. then you can... Uh, send, get them to send that away. And if the ratio of cortisol to creatinine is above 34, pretty much that's a red flag that they need testing for pushing. Oh, cool. That's right. good. Yeah, because a lot of people get a bit sick of kind of prodding and poking their dog. And so a urine test is a good way to go about it. Michelle makes a good post, or makes a good comment here on the side because uh, remember, Addison's dogs can react to good stress too. Mm. Distress is negative stress. You stress is positive stress but it just animates you and gets you to work in the morning and whatnot. So these dogs can react to good stress too. That's a great tip. Mm. Like they see when they see people they really uh, get excited about, their symptoms can pop up. That's a great tip, Michelle. Nice one for that. Um, okay, so guys, what can we do about it? We have a dog with, where do we start? With Addison's, what do you, where do we start? Who wants to do Addison's? Who wants to do Cushing's? I'll do Cushing. Okay, so okay. Um, from Addison's, um, I think a lot of people get really concerned here because they say, oh, you're going to be talking about withdrawing the uh, steroids that they've been put on for their Addison's. That's really terrible. You can't do that because that's life-threatening. What I would say is that, first and foremost, I'm not advocating that you just whip away without veterinary attention any current treatment. There are some great um, innovative uh, mineralocorticoid injections now, which are full you know, every four weeks. You can give Zycortol, um, which is one of those uh, drugs. I think it is under a different name in the States, but there is um, Zycortol. Every four weeks, you can be trained just like we're giving insulin for diabetes, an injection um, to give every four weeks. And, and that pretty much will stabilize the Addisonian patient. Um, it's not like the bad old days where we used to give corticosteroids as the only way to maintain them. Um, and actually, that is now reserved really only for atypical Addisonians where they're not showing the electrolyte imbalances uh, that are going on. So do, do talk to your vet. That's the standard conventional. Um, I have gone on from there because once you realize that this is an autoimmune disease, you have to start unraveling all of the things that you would look at for autoimmune disease. Um, and therefore, yeah, where your gut is maybe heightening inflammation because of poor diet, you've got to think, you know, one of the things to do, we would advocate raw to reduce that inflammatory process going on in the gut. We would advocate good microbiome. 
to reduce that inflammation in the gut. We would reduce insulin dependence because that will advocate uh, increased inflammation within the body. So we want to reduce inflammatory processes. To that, there are people talking about glandular uh, support. So you can actually feed uh, some adrenal tissue. Uh, you can uh, actually give homeopathic glandular support, um, which I've done with, um, or if you can't get that, that particular glandular, you can actually get ACTH and cortisol. And I've used that. Um, and actually, once you get them over the autoimmune inflammatory process and actually um, start to control that holistically, some of these dogs come back to actually producing their own steroids again, which is why it's worth the effort. And I would say you then have to very gently reduce the steroid supplement that they're having because you need to at, the, at one time that is going to suppress the body will say oh i've got enough of that hormone yeah. i don't need more of it yeah so therefore there's a balance and a very gradual reduction but think of it this way it is an autoimmune disease there is actually a genetic test as predisposition for this as well especially in um, poodles um so there is a predisposition i think that was also being looked at a great friend of mine um was looking at the genetic testing in uh, bearded collies um and uh, colleen i'll give you a shout out now because you're probably listening to this tomorrow she always listens the day after um uh she she was she got a whole group together because it was quite um a prominent issue within uh bearded collies at a time so can i swerve on that on this little bit here because you just mentioned something so with the etiogenic uh, Addison's, which is caused where the person has caused it by, by, by administering too much steroids. No, that's Cushing's. Iatrogenic Cushing's. That's Cushing's. So Sorry, we'll too Cushing's. much in Cushing's. Pardon me, hence the non-vet here. Um, it, 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 that sounds a bit like kind of insulin resistance. It sounds like too much of this is coursing through the blood and it comes to the point that the organ uh, is a, then is just switched into a hot, like is asked to produce more and more. And I saw that... somebody had a confusion over that. No. Giving the steroid doesn't cause the body to excrete too much. Iatrogenic pushings, the solution is to withdraw the steroids and the body should okay. recover. It is literally slowly, the artificial, yeah, the artificial steroid is what causing iatrogenic pushing. So it's literally the drug that we're putting in the front end is actually causing all of those okay. symptoms okay. of excess. Okay, so it sounds like you can improve it very quickly by steps you can take. So that's, so that's, that's I'm, I'm just going to take you through that very briefly. So you've got a normal yeah. dog in front of you. Okay, so this is a three-year-old Springer Spaniel in perfect condition. And you, because you're not a very nice person, want to do an experiment to create Cushing's disease. All you do is you give an excess of cortisol, of, of, of pregnisolone, say, which is, which is cortisone, okay? So you give maybe 20, 30 milligrams of, 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 of prednisolone, which is the common one, the little white tablets that you get, five milligrams. Uh, you just give it and give it and give it. And within a day or two, the dog is going to be drinking more and have an increased appetite. Within a week or two, you may induce a, a slight um, uh, pot belly. Okay? Within... Months and months, you might induce the uh, alopecia on, on the back. Um, and after a year or two of that, if the dog still survives, 
then you might be into calcineosis cutis kind of territory. And the treatment for this otherwise healthy dog is that you just gradually reduce it. And the reason that you reduce it slowly is because the body becomes dependent on that level. So if you yeah. withdraw it, there's no safety net. So what you've got to do, even though this is causing the problem, you would remember this is a mind experiment. Nobody in their right mind would give a normal dog steroids. Okay. But we've induced iatrogenic Cushing's disease and to cure that dog of this man-made disease, you just gradually reduce the cortisol. And then once you're back down to normal, the dog, if there's no side effect, is back to normal. And what about for the other types of Cushing's, uh, Nick? So uh, that's it. That's essentially what... So that's... that's, that's uh, Okay, so this is naturally, naturally produced Cushing. Okay, so you, your dog, yeah. you, go, you go to the vet and they say your dog has Cushing. It's, it's, it's important to the vet whether it's a pituitary or it's adrenal Cushing's, but to you, it's, it, it's the same. Okay, what you do is they will offer you, the conventional treatment is called Vetoril. Vetoril, I'm not sure what it's called in the state. I suspect it might be it the same. Up on the side there, yeah. V-E-T-O-R-Y-L. And... And what that does, it just stops your adrenals producing cortisol. Does it cure the disease? No, it doesn't. Does it cure the symptoms and the the way the body is producing the symptoms? Yes, it does. If you stop using Vetoril, does your disease just come back willy-nilly? Yes, it does. But it does what it says on the tin. However, there are side effects. And I've got a little list of side effects. And if you if you go on to Vetoril and you don't see these side effects and the dog is absolutely great, well, thank you, lucky stars. That's fantastic. You can stick on that for as long as your vet is happy that your dog is on the Vetoril. But if there, there are some side effects that you want to just look out for, don't kind of invite them by thinking, oh, my God, are they doing this? Are we doing that? But just be aware to, uh, to, to, to look out for, uh, okay, so... Um, going off food, lethargy, depression, vomiting, diarrhea, increased liver enzymes, increased potassium, uh, la la la. Um, blood parameters can change. Um, if you give too much veteril, yeah, because you've got increased cortisol, you can go into a not enough cortisol because you're giving too much of the, the drug, and thus you can develop Addison's by giving this drug, yeah? Gone the opposite way. The body yeah. is producing too much cortisol. If you give the right level of veteril, you bring it back to the normal level of cortisol. If you give a little bit too much veteril, you go to too little cortisol in the blood and you become man-made Addison, okay? And you start collapsing yeah. and slow heart rate and all that stuff. Um, uh, shaking, renal insufficiency. So... If your dog has liver disease or kidney disease, you want to be really careful and you want to have a really good chat with your, with your vet about using Vetoril. And uh, look for the side effects of Vetoril. I don't want to tell um, tales out of school, but they can be quite severe. Okay, so um, if I just go through treatment for um Cushing's just now for this is this yeah. is if yeah. the veteral doesn't work or you choose not to do veteral, there's a couple of treatments. I've got some examples here, and then Brent can talk about treatment for Addison. So 
you would the baseline would be a fantastic raw food diet the best antioxidants anti-inflammatory nutraceuticals plenty of really good quality well cared for fish oils uh um and um vitamin e and selenium and what have you okay so you're just thinking anti anti-inflammatory antioxidants just can't and those are are, are valid for any dog whether it's got Addison's yeah, or Cushing's or anything, yeah, yeah. We live in an inflammatory environment, so. But once you've done all the basics, you've done the food and the nutraceuticals and everything, and that's all hunky dory. What can you do on top? What specific things can you do for for Cushing's disease? Now, one is that I will use as a base to my many of my herbal supports. I'll give liver support and and and, and what have you, but. Vitex agnus castus is a is the chaste tree because I guess used to give it to people to calm them down and not libidinous thoughts and all that kind of stuff. Ooh. Uh, so 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 uh, herbs the the, the take home message guys let's keep it simple the take home message herbs can be very useful when you're when you're dealing with too much cortisone because your adrenals are producing too much cortisone. Herbs are wonderful for these things. Possibly even more so, and the, the way I cut my teeth on homeopathics, I'm going to talk to you about homeopathics in a minute, is even from the, my very first days in, in, in practice, we were treating ponies with Cushing's disease because back in the day, there was a bit of Cushing's disease in ponies and you could see it because they didn't lose their coats and they got a hot, hot belly and they got fat pads above their eyes and all these things that, that horses do that dogs may not do. And so we, we, were, we were talking, we were, were treating. So we've been treating, I've been treating. We, I, I used to work with an amazing homeopath called Mark Elliott and he came up through witchcraft. He came up with a mix of homeopathics. I'm not sure if you can read that. No, you no. Probably can't. so it's ATTH, 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 Quercus, which is yeah. oak, yeah. So ATTH in potency, Quercus robor, which is oak in potency, and uranium nitricum, which is the stuff they make nuclear bombs out of, bombs. which is quite interesting because if you are exposed to radiation, you can get cancers, which cancers like pituitary cancers, which can give you pushing disease. So he's come up with that, Nick, and I find it's really, really useful. I've got several dogs who can't take Veteril, who we keep in great control using Vitex uh, um, as Agnes Castus and a few liver and general body support remedies, and also we use the these rem. This is this is a two hundred C. This is a thirty C potency, and very simply, with those we can get good good uh, good control. Ren, you you were going to say? Yeah, I mean certainly for the Cushing's, I've generally not gone for the nuclear option uh, purely and simply. It scares the bejesus out of most people, so I usually just use ATCH, cortisol, and the Quercus rubor mix, which um, was in one of the original papers. I think he sort of mixed it up a little bit but i don't think he dared publish yeah. that last one in the vet record uranium I think he knit. Kept it. yeah uranium <laughs> knit i think was um, yeah might just have pushed some people over the edge um but okay. you're absolutely right i mean that this you know the pituitary axis as we call it 
has such a vital role in controlling not just your cortisol levels um, and what's going on with your adrenals, but actually also what's happening in your thyroid, what's happening with your sex hormones. You know, it has a vital role. And the smallest, I mean, these can be a millimeter across and smaller, you know, and they have such a devastating effect on the rest of the body because of the impact of the hormones uh, and how they act. So um, be aware, you know, some people talk about radiotherapy for those pituitary um, uh, gland tumors um, where they'll actually just focus an, uh, a radiation beam to blast the pituitary uh, to bits effectively. Um, uh, that always scares the bees out of me. Um, so when people start talking about that, but that's, you know, where they uh, will look at uh, highlighting those sort of treatments to try and cure those cases. Um, I always look at it as, look, this is treating a tumour. So I look at the plussing protocols. Um, I do use Mark Elliott's um, protocol. There are some great Chinese herb um, protocols, which will also bring in some of the mushrooms, which are anti-cancer, into uh, those supporting the liver. Okay, your alt boss will go through the roof. The ALT will go through the roof, um, but that's not because of the tumor being in the liver or anything like that. That is literally the hormonal effects and the inflammation that starts to develop in the liver. So you need to sort of control that and monitor. You know whether liver function is truly being interfered with, or whether we just have hepatomegaly, that's an increase in liver size because of the effects of those steroids, okay? Um, I, have, um, I have a little bit here on uh, adrenal gland. Can I just read out a couple of paragraphs here, guys? Do I have a say? So this is Alison's. A couple of little tips for Alison. Someone's already mentioned it for Cushing's uh, CBD for both issues. Uh, so CBD is shown to reduce cortisol, uh, anxiety and stress and all that kind of stuff and i've heard nothing but good for uh, but good for cbd in both conditions google it at your leisure but cbd keeps coming up on the side so it's well worth a mention um but google at your leisure another one here uh which uh if caroline ingram was listening which i doubt she is but if she is she will be screaming licorice uh which is uh glycerizic acid am i saying that glycerizic acid glycerizic acid is the active component in licorice and licorice is anti-inflammatory, anti-allergy, anti-ulcer, uh, anti-estrogen uh, balancing properties, all sorts of cool stuff. But it's been used for years uh, for Addison's disease. Um, there's a great piece here. It suggests that uh, glyceryzic acid increases the half-life of circulating cortisol in the body by inhibiting its metabolism or breakdown. So if you've got Addison's and you've got a very low amount of this stuff, this helps it uh, regulate, self-regulate a little bit. So licorice seems like a good thing. But glandular extract, right? Coming back to organotherapy, this is the feeding like feeds like. So, you know, if you're in if you're in Addison's mode and you've got a low production of these things, you might hope that if you fed the extract of the gland, you might kind of harvest some of the hormones that are in there to your benefit. And that's definitely the case. I mean, if you feed beef thyroid to a dog, he is going to suffer from the hormones that are in that thyroid as what happened in the US about 20 years ago. So, yes, you want to be careful with that. But in small, normal dose, as with everything, there may be benefits. And organotherapy, we know it works. We know from studies in the uh, 20s, 30s, and 40s, they were mad about organotherapy to the point that they were trying to investigate, like, you know, um, they were taking semen from bulls and injecting it into men, trying to make them stronger and all sorts of stuff. Loads of famous actors had it done. Loads of people died. Uh, so that didn't go too well. But they also started looking at pancreases to find out what was going on with uh, insulin resistance. And they were doing these, these horrible studies on dogs. But they, 
found out that actually feeding a dog pancreas had a better effect on their long-term uh, prognosis, uh, along, on their long-term, on, on their longevity. So they took the pancreas away from these dogs, fed them high-sugar diets, the one they fed insulin, and the other ones they fed raw pancreas, and the ones eating raw pancreas did better for longer. So they, this organotherapy started taking off, and in the 20s, Addison's disease was the focus. Adrenal cortex, uh, the gland from pigs, sheep, cows, uh, was a big focus in the 20s. So during the early 1920s, adrenal cortex extract was often recommended for use we had for patients with Addison's disease, human. Uh, uh, so in the 1940s is when it really took off. So adrenal cortex extract was used by doctors to combat symptoms associated with what was then commonly referred to as hypoadrenal syndrome. So it's low adrenal syndrome uh, and also uh, low blood sugar. Amongst the symptoms, adrenal cortex extract was touted as addressing uh, issues including insomnia, concentration issues, faintness, lightheadedness, fatigue, nervousness, depression, amongst many others. Um, in 1932, they found it balanced blood sugar, and they found that, that was a way of testing how good your adrenal cortex supplement was. So they would feed it, and they would check the blood sugars, and if they went up or down, whichever way it's supposed to be, that's how you measure how good your, your, gland, your thing was. Um, so the problem is that modern science doesn't like adrenal gland uh, cortex because you know, it's just a simple bit of meat that you would feed and they need double blind RCTs to, to promote a product, you know, these days. And so I find there's a bit of a kickback, certainly in the literature, if you go to any of the Google kind of uh, related websites like Healthline and whatnot, they will say, well, there's not enough evidence. There's never enough evidence for the non-patented stuff. Uh, but there, there is some little bits and pieces out there to suggest that it has been useful. Uh, certainly in the past, but the problem was that they started producing synthetic extracts from the gland, and those don't work as well as feeding the actual gland itself, like feeding insulin, as I mentioned in the pancreatic dogs, to feeding raw pancreas. So actually feeding the gland itself in dry tablet form, which you can buy online, there may be something to it. Uh, so the question will be, and I said I was going to ask this at the start, but they describe how you can prepare it yourself, but you guys are just going to buy your own adrenal glands where you're not going to be harvesting adrenal glands from the local pigs. But um, so uh, th th there was many case studies have been published on this. So it's not without evidence because these days they don't want to talk about case studies, but case studies were a really important part of science because they didn't have a hundred people to work on. They had two or three patients in their clinic and they tried this and certainly adding adrenal gland, 20 to 30 capsules of dried adrenal gland to some of these Addison's uh, patients, saw complete turnarounds, got this, uh, two of them in Australia, got these electricians back on their feet and back to work. And uh, so there was success to that. The question is, lad, is there any harm in trying dried uh, adrenal gland extract? I mean, if we were to feed whole prey to the dog, whole fish, whole baby birds, I mean, the dog is a whole prey eater, they would always get some thyroid and adrenal gland in moderate, normal dose. Is there any harm in trying a little bit of adrenal gland extract in Addison dogs? I'm not sure whether you can get it in the UK. In the US, you can, because oh. they are crazy about organ uh, uh, organotherapy. Okay, so 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 oh. yes, go for it in, in, in the United States. I would always suggest, though, these, these are serious diseases. These are potentially, especially Addison's, is potentially life-threatening. So I would suggest don't do it yourself. Make sure that you've got a vet who is 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 on board with what you're feeding, with nutraceuticals, any herbs, homeopathics that you're doing. Uh, you've had a chat about pharmaceutical options, and you you know where you are. And I would suggest get stability before you start doing anything, and uh, definitely before you start using any uh, organic uh, organotherapy. And 
in the UK, I don't think you can get hold of it. So I think it's a bit of a slam dunk. You yeah, it's not looking good it. here. No, no. And mm. don't forget, you know, somebody was asking, mm. well, what's EPI? And, you know, that's another immune-mediated disease where you've got an attack on the release of um, the enzymes from the pancreas, you know, exocrine pancreatic insufficiency. You know, you can get, so it's a little bit of a flag. If you've got other autoimmune diseases, keep an eye out for this. Now, often things like Addison's as part of that immune system complex is masked because so many of those cases will have steroids given to them. Um, so it is something that, as I'm saying, talking about treating it as an immune-mediated disease and trying to do all of the things that we would do to control that, yes, that should also help all of these other issues with immune-mediated disease to keep an eye out on. Okay. Okay, gents, I'm going to say uh, make sure that you catch up with us on your podcast, whichever your podcast provider is, because we're there. Please do follow us on Patreon if you can. We'd be really, 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 really grateful. And I think now we should pop over to Patreon to just finish our chat on Cushing's and Addison's disease. What do you think, boys? Absolutely. That's good. Ready to go. Brilliant. Great to cool. see you all. That was great. Thanks, guys. Thank you. That was great. I learned so much. Cheers, lads. We're going to nip over now, and it's ready for you to listen to in about an hour, I suppose. Okay, guys. Thanks a lot. Wow. <laughs>